Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Happy game day, everybody. Welcome into GameQuest. It's a VaultQuest.com game day podcast. I am Eric Kane alongside Grant Rainey. Tennessee set to take on UTSA Saturday, 4 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, it's it's a game that Tennessee obviously uh, needs a nice bounce back effort. Of course, we all know Tennessee fell to Florida on the road 29-16 to last week. Uh, Grant, this is a big game for a number of reasons, um, but Tennessee just needs to show some better football, some competency and, and operation on offense, tackle some guys on defense. You know, a lot of those things Tennessee didn't show in Gainesville. Tennessee needs to show a response. Uh, Tennessee needs to show that Tennessee's not the football team it was for the first two quarters at Florida. Uh, Tennessee needs to show it's not the team it was uh, the last time they were at home, 30-13 to 13 against Austin P. I I mean, th- this football team has spent three weeks – having its moments of looking decent, having its moments looking pretty rough, and they need to play 60 minutes of consistent football and beat a UTSA team the way you should beat a UTS, UTSA team, which we haven't really seen since Virginia. So it, it's time for them to respond, and, and it's a big week for them to do so. You know, we, we get into this industry, you and I, you know, Brand, AP, Rob, I mean, Matt, everybody, just because we love sports. Um, and so we are sports fans at heart. And so – like from that perspective, it, it, it today's kind of a lose lose, and I try to keep myself from thinking that way. But it kind of is because you can look at Tennessee, you go out there, respond the way you're supposed to, beat them by forty points or whatever. It's like, oh, well, it's just UTSA. Who cares? You go out there, you lose, which Tennessee's not going to lose this game. But you win like you did against Austin P, thirty to thirteen. You look really sloppy. It's like, oh my gosh, this team sucks. It has all these issues, and so it's a lose lose in that frame of mind. But also, I try to remind myself, Grant, that you get 12 Saturdays guaranteed a, a year, right. and, and this is one of them. And so you shouldn't go into it with that mindset, but it's it's kind of hard to fight that battle knowing that no matter what happens, it's going to be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Let's just see what they look like next week. I think for it to be a win or, you know, outside of just an actual win on the field, I think no. it would have to be like a 63-6 to Akron game or a what it, how, what it was the score uh, against UT Martin last year, 66 to. 13 or, or what I mean it would have to be kind of an absurd score like that where the offense puts up a crazy amount of points and is productive and is consistent and is you know kind of looks like it's looked the last two years and not what it's looked like the last two weeks so I think they could win kind of with the fans a little bit in that sense if they do come out and kind of get back to looking like them old the, their old selves but it's going to be kind of hard to do that because we just haven't seen it to this point I mean UTSA is not a great team but they only lost to Houston by three, and they beat a Texas State team that won at Baylor. And now they got beat by Army at home on Friday night, and Army scored 37 points in San Antonio. So based on that, this is a team Tennessee should beat, but you really want to see them put up crazy numbers and crazy offense and kind of get back to being the team we saw for the last two seasons. 
And that's where the conversation starts today. Everybody wants, I mean, you know, defense is great. You got to make tackles, got to got to wrap up, show you can play a little bit more sideline to sideline because Florida torched you in that regard. And that's great, and you need to see that. But everybody going to Neyland Stadium, everybody sitting at home watching on TV, is going to look at how the offense responds. Is the operation better? Can you run the football better? Can you score more than 16 points? And that conversation, of course, it always starts, and all the blame you know, is shouldered on the quarterback, whether it's valid or not. Um, we've talked about it all week. Let's go ahead and hear from Joey Halsley from earlier in the week as well. Joey Halsley, Tennessee's offense coordinator, I think like everybody here knows Joe has another gear and Joe needs to play better, but also I think he's pleased with a lot of Joe's game right now and that decision-making and the way that he's trying to operate the offense right now. Here's Tennessee offensive coordinator Joey Halsley. Joe was really good at his decision-making, his calmness on the sidelines. Um, he kept the, the calm within the storm out there. Talking to him on the headset, um, Man, he was after every single drive. He's like, all right, cool. Like, move on. What do we got coming next? So the guy's really even keeled. His decision making is really good. Um, was accurate with the football. Like, the guy played a played a good game. Um, was happy with that. Obviously, we can always be better. We can be pushing for um, our communication for how we all get on the same page in an environment like that when it's harder to hear and it's not the friendly confines. So that's where we can keep pushing to grow. But uh, his overall game management was very good. So that was Tennessee offensive coordinator Joey Halsley, and the question was asked because anytime there is a loss, anytime something doesn't look good, and especially now more than ever, $8 million man, NIL, number one player in the country, it's put in Nico, put in Nico, put in Nico. The subject was broached in the press conference with Joey Halsley, and this is how that exchange went down on uh, earlier this week. I think it was on Tuesday. When you look at any deficiencies in offense, pre-snap penalties and, and any other things we're asking you about, Seeing what you've seen in practice, is there any area, any deficiency that would have been better if Nico was at quarterback as opposed to Joe? No. Joe, why, why do you say that? Because it's operation. Joe's operating at a really high level. So, again, I, I think there's been nobody on this, on this website, on staff member, moderator, that has said that you know, Joe Milton's playing great. Joe Milton should be absent of blame. Now, that is not the case. Um, there's not going to be a quarterback change right now. And looking like that right there from Joey Halsley, he didn't even want to broach that subject. He is he is fine with the way his quarterback's playing right now. He just needs a system to kick it in another gear. Kind of what do you make about all this this week? I mean, I get it from a fan's perspective, but uh, at the end of the day, 16 points is not good enough. I understand that the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy in town, and it's exponentially so when you're the number one overall player, a five-star quarterback, the number one overall player in the on-three ratings in your class. Yeah. So you're the best player in the country, according to those ratings. So I get that. Um, but my unpopular answer is Joe's not Tennessee's biggest problem right now. Joe didn't jump off sides five times at the Swamp. Uh, Joe didn't, you know, Joe had nothing to do with Cal Castles blocking uh, the blindside block that took away a play there. Joe hit Squirrel right down the sideline. That was a really good throw. He hit Dante Thornton in the second half. That was an excellent throw. The fade to Ramel Keaton was a great throw. Uh, the 55-yarder to Brew was a good throw. The guy was open. He put it on him. Uh, what we need to see more of from Joe, I think, is more of the intermediate stuff more consistently um, and, and, and continuing drives. What I think is missing from Joe that we saw from Hendon the last two years is the way he uses his legs to extend drives or the way Hendon did. Sometimes it was chunk play. Sometimes it was just five yards on second and eight to make it third and three instead of third and eight. Uh, so, nope. I don't think it's time for a quarterback change. I don't think it's anywhere close to time for a quarterback change. I don't think you go down that road until you are 1,000% sure because I don't want to put Nico in there 
and then him struggle for a couple drives and then pull him right back out and start but you can't do that him. that's the thing like if you right. if you make it that's why it's not happening right now that's why you're nowhere close if you make a change you can't go back in this situation in my opinion right. but i mean i understand the quarterback gets the blame just like the head coach gets blames for wins and losses and you know sometimes that blame's not always fair the defense has to be better obviously from what we saw in the first half of florida the offensive line obviously has to be better. Let's see what it looks like whenever Cooper Mays gets back and they can have their first choice of the five best guys they have in the, the best situations possible. The, the run game has to be better. I felt like they abandoned that too much in the second quarter at Florida. The wide receivers have to be better. I thought, I thought they took a step forward at Florida after they kind of struggled for a couple weeks uh, against Virginia and Austin P. So I, the unpopular answer is I don't think it's time to make a change because I don't think Joe's their biggest problem. No, he's not great. No, he's not playing at elite level. No, he's not Hinton Hooker. And if you put Nico in, maybe he's the next coming of Hinton Hooker. Who knows? I could be completely wrong there. But I'm not going down that road until I'm a thousand percent sure that I am pivoting that way and I'm not turning back. So for now, I'm not there yet. I don't think Tennessee coaches are anywhere close to that. Stick with Joe and, and see what kind of progress you can make with this team. I think best case scenario uh, for all involved is Joe goes out and you know just completely balls out today against a team where you should ball out. And again, this is not. I say this, and Tennessee struggled against them. This is not an Austin P. This is a much better football team, right. but it's still a team that you should go out there and just bully, just bully. And I think Joe Milton should go out there. I think this offensive line should be. I mean, you're playing at home. I get that. You're not going to have to deal with the crowd noise uh, when you're on offense. But I think the offensive line should, you know, bully the guys in front of them. Allow Joe Milton outside Hendon Hooker. Allow Joe Milton some time to to look downfield, throw downfield, take some shots. You know, because I think we can both agree as well. Joe Milton played. <laughs> so much better in the swamp than he did against Austin P the week before. And so right. um, I want to see, you know, expectations for today. Um, l- let me see that operation. I mean, please, for the life of me. I mean, it was just so bad. And and some of that is coaching. I'm telling you, like, I mean, look into the check with me on the sideline. No, I think Brent wrote about this maybe in one of his day afters or 10 things, whatever. Just line up and go play. I mean, at some point, it's not going to be perfect. This this check with me, let's look and see what the defense is lined up in. Check with me, let's adjust. You're losing your tempo, and I've said this a million times this week. I'm going to say it again. If you don't have your tempo right now, you have a sucky offensive line and an average quarterback, and that, that that's all you got right now. Grant, I need to see that operation. That's quarterback, that's offensive line, and that's coaching today. Yeah, I think they should go into this game with a different mindset because when you went into that Austin P game, you're probably thinking, you know, we played pretty well in the second half against Virginia, put up some points, had a lot of touchdowns over, you know, X number of touchdowns over X number of drives, and they kind of got it going there in the second half uh, to start the season. And then you kind of look over Austin P and you're thinking about next week and, and going to the swamp and starting yeah. SEC play. Now you've went to the swamp, you embarrassed yourself in the first half, um, and now you need to come back and, and maybe you've humbled yourself or, or Florida humbled you, uh, and it's time to answer. I mean, this is a team that obviously has got injury questions at quarterback, most important position on the field, Frank Harris at UTSA. So uh, they're going to be struggling a little bit coming off that Army loss. You need to come out at home and look like the team you're capable of being, the team you want to be, the team that, that Tennessee fans have wanted to see but haven't seen for the first three weeks. All right, so we're going to give our keys to the game. We're going to take a look at UTSA, exactly who is UTSA, because so much of this conversation has been on Florida this week, and deservingly so. Tennessee has a game today, or you know, depending on when you listen to this, might be Friday night um, at Neyland Stadium, 4 o'clock, and uh, Tennessee's going to be orange on orange. we got a lot to get into, big-time game at Neyland Stadium. 
and we'll come up and preview more of this on the other side. But first, we'll tell you about our friends over at Price Picks. If you're watching on YouTube right now, this is what the Price Pick homepage looks like. Kind of familiarize yourself, and, and I'll explain how it works here. Uh, Price Picks, you have an opportunity uh, to win some money. Uh, first time users can deposit. And if you use the promo code VQ, you're going to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So how that works is if you deposit $100, price fix is going to give you a hundred more dollars, 50, 50, 25. They'll give you 25 more. Uh, price fix is going to honor that all the way up to a hundred dollars on the initial deposit with that promo code VQ. How does price picks work? Okay. Well, you're going to pick two to six players and it's situated in terms of a total. So you're going to pick two to six players. If you pick, they're going to go over or under the total amount given to them. Uh, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So I've got it pulled up right here, pricepicks.com. Grant and I have uh, kind of done our own little price picks the last couple of weeks. What was the one last week where we hit spot on? I can't even remember what it was. We were talking about it in the swamp. We hit we hit one? That we hit one. I mean, it was me. like... It I was hope nobody's, hope nobody's <laughs> tracking these. It was a matter of like two yards, but we did hit one, and we were proud of it. Um, there's some ones down here that are, you know, big-time SEC games, and that's kind of where we're going to start. Uh, Spencer Rattler, Mississippi State. That's going to be a big one, South Carolina. Spencer Rattler, 272.5 passing yards against Mississippi State. Uh, what, what do we think about Spencer Rattler? He's running for his life. He doesn't have an offensive line. I think South Carolina can win that game soundly, but still – is he going to go over or under the 275.5? Uh, I'm going over. I was looking at South Carolina stats earlier this week randomly, and I looked at their rush stats, and they got like 165 yards rushing as a team or something through three games, which boggles my mind, which makes me think I was maybe looking at something the wrong way. But uh, Spencer Rattler's got to go over 272.5 because I have not seen anything from their run game that makes me think they're going to do a lot of work on the ground. Big one in the SEC this week. Big one. Jalen Milrow, named starting quarterback once again for Alabama. Uh, you're playing against Ole Miss. Jalen Milrow, remember, he's not he's not Peyton Manning through the air here. 208 in the hook. 208.5 passing yards. We're going to do over or under for Alabama starting quarterback Jalen Milrow. Uh, I'm going over because he's got to uh, he's got to prove himself once again for Alabama, and it feels like this Alabama Ole Miss game is always a 45, 42, 41, 37, some kind of a lot of offense, a lot of kind of shootout, much more offense than defense. So, give me the over on Jalen Miller getting his second shot. Let's go to the other side. Starting quarterback for Ole Miss, that's Jackson Dart, 238 and a half passing yards. That's where the total set to beat Alabama. Jackson Dart over or under. Over. It's too boring to bet the under. Score some points. Make this the exciting SEC game of the week. So, All right, so if you're watching on YouTube, again, we, we, we've got – the mean to cut you off. We, we're, we're, we're setting up our you know two to six. So right now we're good. We can roll with this if we want to, but we're going to continue on because it's kind of fun. But also, look, Grant is saying – I mean, let's, we're not wasting any time here. We're, we're here to make some money. We're here to have some fun. Overs galore. More, more, more already. And so we're going to continue on and see if he keeps that up. Um, let's look at everybody's sweethearts, you know, the Colorado Buffs right now, Shadur Sanders, they can do no wrong, but boy, it is going to be a test this week against Oregon, the GQ. If they lose, what will happen? Grant Ramey to America's team. If they lose to Oregon and look embarrassed, I thought they were going to lose to Colorado state, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I'm in a rental car leaving Gainesville, listening to that game. I was listening to the Colorado state radio broadcast, bless their hearts. They were excited. <laughs> Um, I don't know why you've got it clicked on less right now. You know I'm going more. Go more because they're going to have to score a ton of points if they're going to hang around this game. 
Let's go to the NFL. I was on Price Picks last night before recording, trying to get uh, trying to get right here, and um, I found one that I liked. Okay, so we know about Nick Chubb, and so I'm I'm doing college football, going to NFL. But I mean, you've got tons of sports up here as well. If you're if you're looking at soccer, Grant loves to do the soccer ones. You've got MMA, you got cricket, you got Formula One. I mean, NBA totals. We got NASCAR. Room room. A uh, lo- lot of good stuff up here. Let's go to Deshaun Watson. Lost Nick Chubb. Deshaun Watson sucks right now, but he is going to have to get it together, and they're going to have to throw the football to win football games. I mean, they went out and signed Kareem Hunt, and that's great. That's a familiar ad if you're Cleveland, but you're taking on that mighty Tennessee Titans defense this week. Does Deshaun Watson need to hit the over or the under at 236.5? He needs to hit the over, but I think it's going to be under because uh, the the Titans have a way of dragging you down into the mud and and playing their game. And and Deshaun's not far out of the mud to begin with based on what he looked like. Now, if you want me to take another under, scroll down and find Justin Fields, whatever that is. If it was 87 yards passing, I think I'm taking less on that one. Is Justin Fields even good enough to be? Hey, here's Dobbs. Let's do Dobbs. Uh, We got got one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Um, we're gonna do Dodds because he's much better than Justin Fields, but Fields is right here, one seventy one and a half against KC. One seventy one and a half. My goodness. Yeah, I would I'm, still take less. I mean, it, it, in retrospect, and again, I mean no disrespect. Look at Dobbs. The total for Dobbs is at one eighty seven. I mean, Justin Fields at, is what no, number two overall Patrick pick. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes two eighty five and a half. That's who Justin Fields is opposite of on Sunday afternoon at Arrowhead. Bless his heart. Even uh, Kenny Dobbs, Pickett. Kenny Pickett's at 221. Good grief. All right. And the dude wears two gloves. Two gloves. Two gloves. Just like uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Let's go Josh Dobbs here. 187 and a half. He's taking on Dallas. They're going to be losing as always. They need to throw the football. Can Dobbs hit near the 200 marker or at least get to 188 uh, on Sunday? More because uh, they're gonna—they're not only going to be playing from behind, they're going to be playing from way behind because yeah. it feels like the Cardinals are tanking and it feels like the Cowboys are really, really good to start the season. So uh, give me give me over or give me more than 187.5 because they're going to be playing from way behind and you've already got Josh Dobbs uh, in press conferences talking about making reads and how it relates to physics and uh, very <laughs> Josh Dobbs moments. So give me, give me more than 187.5. On the reel here? Like this is exactly what Arizona wants. They're yes. tanking, but they need to look exciting enough and like they're caring look, look and like they're trying. And Josh Dobbs is buying himself yet another lease on life in the NFL. He's going to have another year, so I mean, good for him. He he was he was Listen, fun to watch last week after turning the ball over twice, I believe, in the fourth quarter in week one. So it was good to see him play. You're gonna you're going to tank really hard to tank harder than the Bears. So good luck, Josh. It is cool though. It's very cool to see him get this opportunity. And to have some success with it. it's really fun to watch. All right, so this is this is what we did for this week. We got Spencer Rattler over the two seventy two and a half. Milrow over the two eight uh, two hundred eight uh, yards and a half. Jackson Dart over two thirty eight and a half. Shadir Sanders over three thirty five and a half. Deshaun Watson under two thirty six and a half, and then Josh Dobbs. 187 and a half. We're taking the over. You can do this too as well. You can mix and match college NFL picks, NASCAR, Formula One, cricket, golf, whatever you want at pricepicks.com. Uh, put VQ as that promo code. First time users, 100% instant deposit match. That's at pricepicks.com slash VQ. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, back to something that we do know a little something about. Well, that's debatable, Grant. A lot of people will probably say, ah, they don't know what they're talking about, but let's preview this UTSA team. Let's talk a little Tennessee football. I mean, I had Tennessee winning in the Swamp last week, so that's my credibility out the window. I'm sure everyone else did, too. Uh, first time meeting against uh, the University of Texas at San Antonio and the University of Tennessee. Back-to-back conference champs for Conference USA. That's UTSA. Playing in the American Athletic Conference now. Been a really good team, Grant, over the last couple years. They've won 23 games the past two seasons combined entering this season. Um, Last year, they were 11-3. Jeff Trailers kind of got it rolling, and Jeff Trailers a a fun individual to follow. I know you've been following him a lot this week. He is. uh, He he mentioned... I think it was Tuesday being Care Bear's birthday. Uh, I don't know what that's about, if that's some kind of reference beyond the actual Care Bear or the actual Care Bear. We're celebrating his, uh, that thing's birthday or or what's going on. But, yeah, it seems like a, a really good football program that people probably don't give enough credit to. I think the one UTSA game that really actually stands out is that triple overtime game, uh, I believe it's at home against Houston last year to start the 2022 season. Uh, I think they started one and two, and then they won ten straight, and then they maybe lost the bowl game or something. So yeah, they know how to win football games, back to back conference championships, like you mentioned. Uh, the question is going to be Frank Harris at quarterback. He didn't play against Army. He had some kind of turf toe issue. I think it dates back to last season. That's something obviously that doesn't go away um, quickly. It's something that lingers and, and something that can be a problem. They're going to have a game time decision. It could be Frank Harris. Uh, it could be their backup, which is an amazing name, Eddie Lee Marburger. Mar- I don't know if I'm pronouncing that last name right, but that's how it's spelled. And then the third option uh, is Cade – I'm sorry, Owen. Is it Owen McCown? It's Owen. And that's Josh McCown's son, the journeyman NFL guy, 18 years in the league, right? Yes, yes. Owen McCown. So those are the three options. I, re- I was reading up on UCSA Friday night because, you know, we were in Gainesville literally, you know, 48 hours before the kickoff. And so we were watching UTSA a little bit, and um, they kept on talking about Owen McCown, Owen McCown, like he could see some action, he could see some action. But this this Eddie Lee Marburger dude, I mean, he played pretty well. Um, yeah. He threw for 65% of his passes, 239 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And Frank Harris, listen to these stats coming into the year. Now, we've said it a million times so far. This is his seventh year in college, okay? As Grant pointed out, he – Thought about medically redshirting last year. I mean, at this point, it's you've been you've had a long sustaining career. You you can you know you got pension. Okay, like you're good. Just go ahead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is his seventh year coming into the season. All right, he's already thrown the career wise. Already thrown for more than nine thousand yards. He scored a combined one hundred touchdowns. Uh, he's run for almost two thousand yards in his career. Uh, last year alone, seven uh, thirty two touchdowns passing, four thousand sixty three yards. The dude is a baller. Um, I will say this, and again, injury is probably a big part of this. Uh, in two games so far against Houston, did not look good whatsoever. And then against Texas State, completing only 60% of his passes, still has 423 yards in two games, which isn't bad, but two touchdowns, three interceptions. So far, through three games, the court, at least through two games for him, doesn't look like his old self, but that might be due to some injuries. Yeah, 
uh, his left knee, uh, I can't remember the exact number. I think it's four surgeries on his left knee, if not more than four surgeries on his left knee. And it got to a point where he had some kind of infection in the knee following one of the surgeries. And he told the coaches, I believe this was this past spring, that he was going to medically retire. Like, that was it. He can't do it anymore. Doctors were telling him, like, if you keep playing, there's a chance you could have to eventually amputate because Ooh. of the damage that's being done to your leg. And, and I think that's the moment where he was like, all right, that's it. I'm done. And he, and he told the staff or what I read, he told the staff that he was going to medically retire. Now, I don't know what changed to bring him back. Uh, and hopefully it is just a turf toe issue and not a, another knee issue for him. Uh, but to be in the game as long as he's been, to put up the numbers he's put up to help lead this UTSA program. Now, Saturday is actually uh, UTSA's 150th game. That's like, that's it. That's how old the program is. Wow. That's how, I guess, how young the program is. Uh, so shout out Frank Harris for putting up those numbers and, and kind of obviously being probably the biggest name in the history of that young football program. And I mean, at some point you got to ask yourself, like, is it really worth amputation right. playing, being the quarterback at UTSA? Like being the quarterback anywhere, the answer should be no. I mean, I understand how hard it is. Like, I mean, football's, football's a huge part of our lives. We're not even playing it. I mean, I get it. Um, but even if you're making millions and millions in the NFL, it's like if there's a chance there's amputation in your future, yeah, it up. maybe he got second and third opinions and, and decided like, okay, well, probably not. So hopefully he's going to be okay. I have a hard time believing. I mean, it, turf toe doesn't go away. Jalen Wright, it, it caused him issues all throughout his freshman year. Um, I don't see him playing. It, it'll be a game time decision, obviously, but wouldn't shock me whatsoever if he misses his second straight game. You look at uh, some playmakers, good running back, um, yeah, Kevontae Barnes. He's uh, scored a touchdown, averages nearly five yards a carry already this year. Um, they're wide receivers. This offense, they returned four starters on the offensive line. Wide receivers are good. They did lose one really, really good player from last year's squad that was top 15 offense in the country, Zachariah Franklin. He transferred to Ole Miss after spring practice this year. Uh, but they bring, do bring back some nice ones, Joshua Cephas. Uh, Tyke Ogle Kellogg, former Alcoa Tornado, uh, for you guys local listening right now. Um, but at the end of the day, it's an offense through three games, and again, it's early, um, that you've scored only 21 points per game, only 383 yards of total offense. Um, you've turned the ball over five times. You've allowed seven sacks. Through three games, it's not been as explosive as advertised from last season. No, and it's it's – it's a chance for Tennessee's defense to respond. Um, it's a chance for Tennessee's defense because what do we talk about all off season and all spring and summer? Like they should be better defensively. They yeah. should be more athletic. They should have better depth. They should be able to get after the quarterback. They have a lot more bodies in the secondary. They should be able to be a better defense. And what we see in the first half at Florida, it was flashbacks of Columbia, South Carolina last November, Spencer Rattler, uh, connecting on 47 straight third down conversions and never getting off the field and never being able to give, get a stop four straight Florida touchdown drives. So it's a chance for a Tennessee defense to respond, uh, to make a statement, to bounce back, to, to let people know that they still can be a better defense than what we've seen in the past. And certainly what we've seen, uh, what we saw in the first two quarters in Gainesville. So I, I would expect a response, some kind of statement, because they're too good to be playing like they did in the first half of Florida. Now, defensively last year, when it was really, really, really good offensively, it was it was pretty stout defensively as well. Uh, this year, in two games, it's been pretty stout defensively. Last week, last Friday night against Army, it was not. 
Uh, still averaging or allowing 22 points per game, 339 yards of total offense a game. Um, it, it's got it's created no turnovers, and that's something Tennessee defense. I mean, it says like it's created two turnovers on the season so far. One was a muff punt, so that's not that doesn't count. Kamal Haddon's interception is the only turnover, and even against Virginia and Austin P, when you were getting pressure and you were living on the other sideline of scrimmage, you weren't creating turnovers. I mean, this defense needs to go out there and get the football. That's a storyline that nobody's talking about right now that needs to needs to improve. But anyway, UTSA's defense created no turnovers. It sacked the quarterback 10 times, which is good. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be multiple like every defense now, but there, there's an elite pass rusher, and that's that's the name you need to circle. That's the name you need to, to look at. It's Trey Moore. Trey Moore last year coming off the edge, 18 TFLs, eight sacks. So far in three games this year, he's already halfway there. He's got four sacks, five TFLs, 15 tackles. Uh, be a good opportunity for these tackles. John Campbell, um, you know, J.J. Crawford. We'll see if Tennessee gets Gerald Mincy back. Um, you know, that that needs to happen at the time of this recording. Um, it, it's it's unknown, but, um, you know, we'll see if Tennessee gets Gerald Mincy back. It'll be a good test for them blocking, a, in my opinion, an elite edge rusher in Trey Moore. Elite numbers, uh, yeah. obviously, over the last year and change. I mean, and if somebody can wreck a game plan, it's an elite pass rusher. If, yep. if you can get somebody going early, if you're UTSA, if you can get that kid going early and get him production early on in the football game, he can mess things up for you. I think it goes back to what you were talking about earlier in the podcast. Tempo, 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 get back to running as fast as you want to run it. Um, quit with the check uh, check with me on the sideline and just run your offense and, and, and take advantage of, of whatever you can do. If it's getting back to running and Jalen Wright averaging nine yards a pop like he did the first two weeks, then do that. Uh, if you can get some more deep shots, keep doing that because Joe's look good on those deep shots. Um, if you can establish a little bit more intermediate consistency in the pass game, do that. I mean, just whatever you got to do to get your offense back to sustaining drives. I mean, we talked about it all last week. What Tennessee need in the swamp? A quick start. They got a quick start. They didn't sustain that quick start. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of fell apart pretty quickly. So you need a quick start, and then you need to build on it. You need to build drive, drive, drive to start the game uh, to establish some consistency and some confidence and get a little bit of a, a swagger back for this offense because they've had ton, a ton of it the last two years, but they've looked a little shaky early on here. Again, I, I just Tennessee needs to be the superior foe here. Tennessee needs to go out there and, like you said, have a little swagger. Needs to go out there and push them around, bully them, and, and be exactly who – uh, Tennessee should be in this football game. Um, I would love, love, and I said this on the VolQuest podcast earlier this week, I would love if Tennessee kind of made up for lost time here. The Austin P game, one of the reasons I was so excited about that game was because I was going to get to see a lot of freshmen, a lot of young guys play a lot of snaps. Um, you need to focus on you and get your offense right, work out the kinks and all that. I understand that. But I want to see Ricky Gibson play 30 snaps. I want to see Jordan Matthews play 20 snaps. I want to see John Slaughter get in there. It's Jordan Thomas. I want to see those guys get in there and play some safety. Uh, you, you know, David Hobbs is kind of an afterthought at Florida, but he's been playing a lot. You, you know Aaron Carter is going to play. Jeremiah T. Lander is going to play. Even if they have to force feed him, just like you know, at Austin P. this is a game where you got to see some young guys play. So um, you, you, you couldn't do that a lot against Austin P. And what a missed opportunity. And I want to see that here today. But, yeah, get off to a good start. Talk about keys of the game. Tennessee needs to get up there and run the football again. This offensive line, it took a beating Saturday night, and it has taken a beating in the days since because I have been really hard on the offensive line, and everybody else has been hard on the offensive line. I'm just like, man. Um, but it would be great for that unit to go out there and run for 200-plus again, just like he did against Virginia and Austin P. 
Um, offensive line needs to respond in, in a major way. And at the time of this recording, still, we'll see about Cooper. Last Thursday, Josh Heupel was like, oh, yeah, Cooper Mays is going to play. Super confident Cooper Mays doesn't play. So we are truly not going to know about Cooper Mays until watch warm-ups. If you're in the stadium or if you're not, follow us on the GQ. Grant and I will be right there. If you're in the stadium, watch who Joe Milton is snapping with or who's snapping to Joe Milton in warm-ups. That will tell you if Cooper Mays is going to play. Because Cooper Mays was snapping to Gasson more and more ups last week, and we knew it then. He's not playing. Uh, fast start, run the football, be a bully. I mean, these, these are basic football 101 here, but in a game like this, it, it shouldn't take much to, you know, kind of puff your chest out a little bit and be who you're supposed to be. Yeah, be the team you thought you were going to be going in. I mean, Joe Milton, remember he bought those headphones for the players in August, his teammates? Uh, and he had a card and uh, written on it said, let's win the East. Well, you got off to a pretty bad start trying to win the East, looking the way you did against Florida. So you need to come out and, uh, yeah, be that team that you thought you were going to be heading into the season that a lot of people thought you could be. Um, and if Army can score 37 points and if Army can throw touchdown passes against US UTSA, Army of all people yeah. throwing touchdown passes, you need to put up points. You need to be productive. You need to make a statement this week. Score prediction for uh, – give me a score prediction and give me a bold prediction. I forgot to do this last week uh, for Tennessee against UTSA. Score prediction. Um, nobody listened to me because I picked Tennessee to, to put 60 on Austin P and to win at Florida, and they couldn't have failed harder at either of those tasks. Well, you and everybody else on this side, so you're okay. I know, I know. I should have known better. I should have, I should have gone to the Brent Hubs School of I'll Believe It When I See It. Hey, hey you know what that is, Grant? That is What's weak, that? weak, weak. Tell you what. <laughs> Tennessee, 48, uh, UTSA, 20. Um, bold prediction. Uh, Joe Milton combines for four touchdowns, and nobody cares because everybody still wants to see Nico. I'm going to get Tennessee in the 50s for the first time this year. Remember, Tennessee average, and again, I'm not saying Tennessee is going to average and be the number one offense in the country this year like they were last year, uh, like it was last year, but Tennessee averaged 46 points, Grant, last year? 46-1, 46-1. Tennessee has yet to get over that total, but one time, 49 points against Virginia. It's not even gotten in the 50s yet. There was a couple 60 burgers last year. Uh, Tennessee's going to get in the 50s this week, all right? Um Tennessee should. doesn't matter who's a quarterback, to be honest. Tennessee should get in the 50s, to, just to be completely frank. So I'll get Tennessee. Let's go 55. Let's go uh, Let's go UTSA with a backup quarterback and Eddie, whatever, Lee Marburger. Let's go 17. 55-17. Too many points, but, you know, it is what it is. There'll be a lot of young guys playing. And my bowl prediction, I like Joe Milton scoring four total touchdowns. I think that's a, I think that's good. He did that against um, – against Virginia. My bold prediction is maybe not as much as Virginia with four total touchdowns. When guys, I mean, let's be honest, you go back and watch that game, he vultured two of those touchdowns because guys in front of him were tired. But Dylan Sampson was not a part of the offense last week. They're going to make it a point to get him out there and get you know get him some run, no pun intended. I'll say Dylan Sampson scores twice and gets 10 carries. 10 carries in a what should be a blowout win. 10 carries and two touchdowns for Dylan Sampson. And to Joey Halsey's credit, I think he said we should have had him in the rotation. We just didn't. I don't, I don't remember the exact um, 
quote he had, but it was basically, we should have had him on the field. We should have had, you got to find a way to get him the ball, basically. Heupel said the same thing on Monday, too. Right. So credit those guys for actually saying, you know what? We screwed up. We should have had that kid on the field some way, somehow, find a way to get the ball in his hands, see what he can do. As we're walking out the door here, remember, no Omar Norman Lott for the first half today. Uh, he is having to sit down for the uh, suspensions handed down towards the end of the game with Tex- with uh, Tennessee and Florida. You know, obviously the game was the bigger thing. We never even talked about that incident real quick. I mean, what in the world happened there at the end? That was the most Tennessee-Florida way to end a game for Tennessee getting your butt whipped in the game and just can't even get out of there. It was super embarrassing on both uh, Napier and Heupel, both, not just one or the other, both of them with those stupid timeouts. Um that was a bad scene, and uh, at least for Tennessee, you only get one player suspended. Florida got three players suspended for a half. Right. Uh, like, peek behind the curtain. Like, I left the press box probably with about five minutes left in the game, and to to get down to press or to the postgame area, which is at, back in the Tennessee Tunnel at Florida, you have to go down the elevator. You have to leave the stadium. Mm-hmm. You have to walk around to the basically the opposite corner of the stadium on the outside of the stadium and find a gate to go in there near the Tennessee tunnel. And so I get in there and I get in the media room and I, there's like one TV in that whole area. And we, you basically have to just go find the TV because you don't have any field access. So we were there trying to, I was, and I was keeping up with it on the live stats, trying to figure out well, live stats says this game's final. And then other people are like, well, no, Tennessee players are literally coming out of the locker room to go out there and basically take a knee. I, I don't think I've seen the full replay of exactly what happened. All I've seen is, uh, two players squared up to throw punches, and it looks like <laughs> neither of them threw punches. And nobody really separated them. They just decided no. And Tennessee fans do. are like, no, Haddon threw a punch. He he should be suspended. <laughs> uh, even more behind the curtain, it was me, you, and, and Mike that were walking down, and we were following Mike, and Mike was like, I, I think I know where I'm going. We're like, well, we don't know where we're going. Um, <laughs> that, that media room was so small and, and so compact, and, and so you guys are doing whatever – um, I went out, I knew we didn't have field access, but I was like, I know Austin's out there. So I'm just going to go and walk beside Austin. Cause he's the mayor everywhere he goes. And if he gets thrown out, I get thrown out, went out there, got on the sideline. And so it was me, Matt and Austin standing there. And of course, Austin suspended as well. Cause he was in that Knoxville news, new Sentinel uh, photo, which was just, by the way, all my buddies sent me that. And they're like, Oh, look at this. And I'm like, guys, I am right there. I don't know how I'm not in that picture. Thank God I'm not in that picture, but we're all standing there. Frank. And we see this, we see this going down, and there's so much confusion on the sidelines. So much confusion. Like, like Joe Milton was in the locker room. He comes back, his like rip protector was like all the way off, and like you got to go out and snap the football. Anyway, um, it was completely stupid on all on all cylinders. The fact that what I thought it was great. I love reading that. Uh, you know, from the Knoxville Quarterbacks Club that you put out earlier this week from Amari. You know, Amari was like, yeah. They came out and told us, hey, we're not taking a knee or, you know, hey, we are taking a knee. But then he's back there dancing around, trying to run time off. I get it. You take a knee, but you got to go get the quarterback. I mean, right. by definition, it was a late hit. But, I mean, anybody watching that play is not also, like he was inside anything. Right. You can't really let him just dance around because there's like nine seconds left and he's trying to take as much time off the clock. And I get yeah. that. But at the same time, you do that, you're, you're exposing yourself to somebody coming to get you. If you dance around like that, obviously in a rivalry game that's heated and Tennessee hasn't played well and it's been a bad night for Tennessee, if, if they get that chance, then they're probably going to try to get back there and hit you because you haven't taken a knee yet. And to Omari's credit, he had really barely just started going toward the ground when Omari kind of put his shoulder down into yeah. him. So I don't, I don't think it was completely dirty. I think it was just a kind of circumstance of uh, both 
both sides of that Florida and Tennessee, what they're trying to accomplish right there. I'll leave with this. If you're a national columnist and you're going to write a column about Heupel being a sore loser, we all know who we're talking about here. Um, Billy Napier was just as petty and was just as stupid with his timeout. So it is what it is. Kind of a weird ending to a horrible night I mean, for Tennessee. Billy Napier was on the sideline at Neyland last year, losing his mind over yeah. how fast Tennessee was running its offense. Like, yeah, breaking news. These coaches don't like to lose. Yeah. And they don't handle it great when they do lose. I mean, that's why they are coaching at the level they're coaching at. I like the clip there. Losers. I like the clip there at the very end whenever Heupel meets Napier out at midfield and he's walking. He's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like he knows he was being petty. Like he knows it was annoying. He was like, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. And it right. just kind of is what it is. You're right. Like these coaches are where they are now because they're competitive. They're good at what they do and they don't like losing. And so. It is what it is. What is, is it? Show, show me a show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. Is that what, is that what yeah, the saying yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. Show me a show me a good loser. I'll show you a loser. Exactly right. All right. Uh, no Omar Norman lots, but Amari Thomas, who was actually on the hit, they they reviewed that. It was no targeting, so he's going to be able to play and all that. Uh, shouldn't matter at the end of the day. It's Tennessee and UTSA, but Tennessee needs to come back, respond the right way, and um, don't look ahead to South Carolina. You know, focus on today, and then uh, we'll we'll break down Spencer Rattler, who. <laughs> It's playing like Oklahoma Spencer Rattler to this date. And uh, we'll break down all that and preview all that next week for South Carolina. But today's UTSA kickoff at 4 o'clock. That game's going to be on the SEC Network. And all the coverage you can possibly want during the game, after the game, leading up to the game, all that is at VolQuest.com. Appreciate you guys for listening to GameQuest right here again at VolQuest.com. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VGW group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus